If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave. <laughs> wow, it has been a busy, busy week. Uh, so normally, I record these podcasts roughly the week before they're meant to come out. So if they come out, obviously, every Monday, um, I usually try and record usually on the Wednesday, Tuesday, sometimes the, the Friday, depending on my work schedule. <laughs> it is currently 9.53 p.m. on the 19th. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, and this you're going you're well you're obviously listening to this hopefully on monday uh when it comes out uh at 9 a.m eastern standard time uh but yeah i'm cutting it a little close uh but that's because i mean between work work has been crazy um and then last week actually my wife and i celebrated valentine's day on wednesday the 15th uh we ended up going up to the resort that's about a 15 minute drive from our house um, had a nice lunch up there, saw some tourists fall down the, our mountain, it was quite enjoyable, um, but other than that, I've been working on something really, really special for the recording studio. Now, I can't show people on Instagram just yet, um, or really post pictures anywhere else, because it's not quite done yet. Uh, I'm I'm basically 90% way done, but I wanted to get this done to the point where it was functional before I started doing another podcast episode, uh, just because I, I figured if I didn't partially complete it to the point where it was functional, then audio would be kind of messed up as far as like uh, the sound bouncing off the walls and whatnot. So I'm I'm at about 90% way. I'm waiting on a purchase that should be here on the 3rd of March. Um, as well as I need to finish... Uh, I, well, I'm not going to give too much away, but I need to finish a wall. If that makes as much of a hint as I can give. Um, but it's not actually in the recording studio. It's adjacent to the recording studio or sort of on the other side of the wall of the recording studio. Um, but it all kind of ties together, if that kind of makes sense. So anyways, I wanted to do three quick little stories here, or three little things here. Uh, first we're going to talk about Misty, and all the Pokemon that she's caught so far, well, I guess not necessarily so far, uh, I'm assuming her time on the anime is done, as, as far as we know, um, with Ash departing. Um, I know she has returned as a cameo for Ash's final few episodes, and that was really, really cool to see. Uh, sucks that the uh, the anime visuals 
have become so odd, if, if that's the right word. I really, really miss the old anime visuals um, and the anime characteristics. Um, and it's actually kind of nice that we can actually start watching it on Crave. Um, I mean, they had it on Netflix, I believe it was. Um, but, you know, I mean, I can also stream it from many, many other areas. Uh, but what actually was kind of interesting was they stuck it on Crave, uh, which is like the equivalent of HBO Max for Americans. But <laughs> they started with season two. They didn't include season one, which, why? Why the heck would you start at season two? That's like starting three chapters into a book and expecting to know what happened. Now, mind you, if you haven't figured out by now what happened in the first season of Pokemon back in the very, very early 2000s, late 19, 1990s, I was going to say 1900-ish, um, then where the heck have you been living all this time? Do you have TV? Do you have did you have cable back then? <laughs> Did you... Are, are you living under a rock? Do we need to send a search team for you? <laughs> but, <laughs> anyways, wanted to go into all the or all the Pokemon that uh, Misty has caught over the, the course of the anime. As well as talk a little bit more about Ash. More importantly, his strongest Pokemon and his most underrated Pokemon. But first, let's get back to Misty. So, of course, Misty starts off with good old Staryu and Starmie. Uh, obviously, we know that she is the gym leader of the Cerulean City. She specializes in water type. Um, she was introduced in red, blue, and good old-fashioned green in the video games. Uh, one of her favorite Pokemon is, of course, Staryu. It has a powerful water type move, which comes in handy when Misty and her friends are facing off against Team Rocket early on in the anime. She also has a Starmie on her team, which is the obviously the evolved form of Staryu, and it's actually large enough for Misty to occasionally ride on when it is defeated, uh, and when it's defeated, its points actually droop, whereas Staryu doesn't, which is kind of interesting. Next up, we have Poliwag, Poliwhirl, and Politoed. So, of course, Misty rescues a Poliwag from Team Rocket, and it takes a liking to her. Uh, she decides to catch it, and it becomes a loyal member of her team. Like most of her Pokemon, Poliwag is cute, and of course, it's a water type. During a battle against Ash, Misty's Poliwag evolves into a Poliwhirl. Uh, when the Pokemon is given a King's Rock, it evolves into Politoed. Although Misty wanted a Poliwrath, she learns to love and cherry, cherish Politoed instead. Next up is Togepi and Togekiss. When Ash, Brock, and Misty find an egg, they fight over who it belongs to. When the egg cracks and Togepi emerges, it takes a liking to Misty, so she gets to keep it. She never throws the baby Pokemon into battle, but it does know to move Metronome, which helps the trio out when trouble comes their way. Metronome is, of course, a unique move that allows the Pokemon to use a random move. Togepi evolves into Togetic uh, in the Ruby and Sapphire series, and she decides to part ways with it so that it can live in Togepi Paradise with the Togepi. Next is Azrael. Good old Azrael. I miss Azrael, actually. Togepi's egg isn't the only one that comes Misty's way. She also receives an egg from Tracy, who is a character that briefly replaces Brock. Uh, and Azrael eventually hatches from that egg. 
Much like Togepi, Misty usually keeps Azrael outside of its outside its egg, and she cuddles it like a baby. Azrael is special because it is one of the few Pokemon that Misty owns that isn't a water type Pokemon. Although Azrael can evolve into a Meryl and eventually as Meryl, uh, Misty's Azrael never seen evolving, or is never seen evolving. Next is Godin, Love Disc, and good old Horsey. The next three Pokemon are lumped together because they all suffer from the same fish out of water problem. Godin is one of the Pokemon that are on Misty's original team. It doesn't receive much screen time because it can't battle on land. She also has a Love Disc that she keeps in an aquarium in the Cerulean City Gym. It lives with the love disc of the opposite gender that belongs to her sister, Daisy. Much like Godin, love disc doesn't receive much screen time because it lives underwater. Horsey is another Pokemon that joins Misty's team after being rescued from Team Rocket. Acknowledging that she can't let it out of its Pokeball enough while she is traveling, she eventually leaves it in the Cerulean City Gym where her sisters take care of it. And then we have good old Psyduck. One of the Pokemon strongly associated with Misty is, of course, Psyduck. It joins her team entirely by mistake, and Misty is forced to look after it. She loves it because it is a water type, of course, but she doesn't have the patience to deal with how foolish it is. The Pokemon seldom listens to her and comes out of its Pokeball at the most inconvenient times. Despite losing her temper with it a few times, Misty discovers that her Psyduck has impressive psychic powers that are of aid in times of trouble. Psyduck can evolve into Golduck, Though, Misty does not evolve hers. Then we have Gyarados. This is probably my favorite Pokemon that Misty ever had. So, Misty is afraid, is very afraid of Gyarados. And it's hard to judge her for it. Gyarados is one of the most terrifying water type creatures around. And she had a bad experience with one as a child. When she catches her own Gyarados, however, she learns to overcome her fear. And in, in the Sun and Moon era... She mega evolves her Gyarados during a battle against Ash and his Pikachu. Through the battle, though the battle is fierce, sorry, Pikachu still manages to come out on top. I mean, of course he does. It's freaking Pikachu. Plus, it's a water type. <laughs> and lastly is Corsola. I actually kind of forgot about Corsola. Uh, probably, I don't think it actually did get quite a bit of screen time. Water Rock dual typing Corsola is also adorable, which makes it the perfect Pokemon for Misty. She manages to catch one with a lure ball, and she becomes close friends with her Corsola from that day onwards. The Pokemon is usually jolly, though it can sometimes hurt humans and Pokemon when it gets too excited and tackles them. Misty likely wouldn't be fond of Corsola's Galarian regional form, which is a ghost type that has, that has lost all of its cuteness. Um, although their relationship doesn't start on a good note, Missy and Ash end up becoming very close friends. She is also the strong enough Pokemon trainer to give Ash a tough time when she occasionally has a friendly battle against him. Though Missy fans get to see more of the water type Pokemon in Pokemon Worlds, which can sometimes be neglected. And with that, we move on to good old Ash. So we start off with Ash, Ash's six strongest Pokemon ranked from... Lowest to highest. Uh, I mean, I I think we can all agree on what the strongest Pokemon is probably going to be. Infernape is number six. Ash's Infernape has a tragic backstory, like many of his other Pokemon, actually. Uh, being abandoned by his previous trainer. I mean, <laughs> like many of his other Pokemon, uh, as a Chimchar. But this just ended up being the fuel that Infernape needs to become one of Ash's strongest Pokemon. As a Chimchar, this Pokemon... 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Redeemed itself right away after coming under Ash's wing and helping him win against the gym leader's uh, Fantia's Mag- Miss-, Miss Magnus sorry, and a Drift Bloom. In Ash's first 6-on-6 battle against Paul, Chimchar defeated his Ursa Ring and evolved into a Monferno, then fought against valiantly, then fought valiantly sorry, against Paul's Electrobuzz. As an Infernape, it clashed with Flint's Infernape to prepare for his battle against Volkner. Infernape later defeated Volkner's Jolteon and won against his Luxray with a Blaze ability. In Ash's Sinnoh League battle against Paul, Infernape made him proud by going up against Paul's Agron and Ninjask. Finally, Infernape settled the score with his Electvire in an epic clash and won the battle, again with the help of its Blaze ability. Number 5 is actually Lucario. For the longest time, fans wanted Ash to catch a Lucario, and he did just so in time to be crowned a world champion. Ash's Lucario hatched from an egg as a Rylu, and trained hard to become a dependable ace. It developed a strong rivalry and friendship with Ash's Farfetch'd, which it defeated in their first encounter. As a Rylu, it also fought against a fighting-type trainer, Bea's Graplock, twice with little success. It also defeated Chairman Rose's Copperjaw and Ferrothorn by using a powerful Aurora Sphere. Ash's Rylu eventually evolved into Lucario and fought against many of Faulkner's Pokemon in the World Coordination Battle notably winning over his Luxray. Ash eventually decided to mega-evolve Lucario and went up against Mega Alkazam. In the rematch against Bay. Lucario was able to defeat her Graplock and Gigantamax Machamp with its Mega Evolution. Mega Lucario also defeated champion Cynthia's Togekiss and Garchomp in the Masters 8 tournament. Lastly, Mega Lucario faced and defeated champion Leon's Mr. Rhyme, while also, also weakening his other Pokemon. Lucario had access to moves like Aurora Sphere, Bullet Punch, Reversal, and Double Team. Number 4 comes in at Zeptile. Though Ash owns many strong grass-type Pokemon, none compared to his iconic Zeptile when it comes to sheer strength. Starting off as a Trico and eventually evolving to a Grovile, this green gecko always had a thirst for a battle. 
As a Grovile, it defeated gym leader Norman's Slacking with its hidden ability Overgrow. Uh, Grovile eventually evolved into a Sceptile and battled the Frontier Brian or Frontier Brain Spencer's Shift Tree and Claydol in a powerful showdown. Sceptile had a tough time against Frontier Head Brandon's Luxury. Lux, oh my goodness, legendary Pokemon Regirock, and eventually lost the battle. Zeptile also fought against Maze Blaziken in a contest battle, where both Pokemon awakened their hidden abilities. The match ended in an epic draw as the timer ran out. In the Sinnoh League, though, Sinnoh Zeptile made its legendary return and went up against Tobias's powerful Darkrai, which had previously defeated many of Ash's best Pokemon. Zeptile eventually won against Darkrai, however, solidifying its status as one of Ash's strongest Pokemon. It had access to moves like Quick Attack, Leaf Blade, Leaf Storm, and Solar Beam. Number 3. Greninja Ash met Greninja as a little Froakie, which was initially not an easy Pokemon to befriend. Ash's Froakie won many battles, which eventually made it evolve into a Frogadier. Frogadier. Oh, man. <laughs> Who went on to showcase an even greater fighting potential by defeating gym leader Opeg Olympia's Meowstick Ugh. in a double battle together with Ash's Talonflame. I miss Talonflame, actually. Soon after, Frogadier evolved into Greninja and fought its first battle against a powerful Bisharp. While tapping into its iconic bond phenomenon for the very first time, Greninja also went up against Swire's Zeptile twice. Once in a regular battle and once during the Kalos League battle in its mega form. It won against it both times. It also went head-to-head -head with Kalos' champion Diathea's Mega Gardevoir, but the battle was cut short. Greninja's tough battle came against, uh, against the Mega Charizard, though, which it faced a total of three times in the Kalos League final. Ash Greninja put up a valiant fight against Alolan's Mega Charizard, but eventually lost that match, costing Ash the title of Kalos' champion. Ash's Greninja had also had access to pretty powerful moves, which includes Cut, which is very odd that it kept cut. Uh, Water Shrocken, Aerial Ace, and Double Team, which, again, is a very odd move to keep. Number two is Charizard. Ash met Charizard as an abandoned little Charmander on the verge of death and saved it from its faith. I mean, yeah, a lot of Pokemon that Ash has seen were in tough times, right? Though Charmander was a nice little fellow, initially, things took a turn for the worse when it evolved into Charmeleon. And later Charizard. Ooh, did it ever. Thinking that Ash wasn't worthy, Charizard disregarded and disobeyed Ash for a very long time. Eventually, however, Ash gained Charizard's respect by saving him once again after a battle left him gravely injured. Since then, the two have fought together against many strong foes, including the likes of Blaine's Magmar, which actually we just watched that episode in Season 2 of the Pokemon series, because good old Crave started off at Season 2. <laughs> and Harrison's Blaziken. During the Silver League Conference, Charizard defeated Gary's Scyther, Golem, and Blastoise in an epic showdown, despite being at type disadvantage. Charizard also had the honor of defeating the legendary Pokemon Articuno, owned by the Frontier Brain Nolan. Ash's Charizard made several returns later on in the series, going up against Iris's Dragonite during his adventures in the Unova region. Ash's Charizard had access to a wide variety of moves, including the iconic Seismic Toss, the powerful Overheat, Dragon Tail, and Flamethrower. 
Charizard is an absolute powerhouse that Ash can always rely on to secure a victory. And coming in at number one, freaking Pikachu. Time and time again, Pikachu has proven why he is Ash's strongest Pokemon. Pikachu partnered up with Ash when he first began his journey in the Kanto region. And though the two got off to a very rocky start, their bond eventually grew to become irreceptible. Throughout its adventures with Ash, Pikachu has defeated many notable foes, including its evolved form Raichu, at multiple points throughout the series, by the way. Pikachu also defeated Drake's Dragonite, giving Ash his first championship title in the Orange League. It also went head-to-head -head with Tobias's legendary Latios during the Sinnoh League, uh, Sinnoh League, which ended in a draw. Then, in the Kalos League finale, Pikachu defeated Ty Tyranitar and Megagross. Pikachu also landed Ash the title of a low-end champion by defeating Tapu Koko by using a special Z-move, 10 million volt Thunderbolt. Last but not least, in the Pokemon World Championships, Pikachu defeated Leon's Charizard in an epic showdown to win Ash the title of World Champion. Pikachu has always been a special and even received a Gigantamax form. Its final moveset was made up of Electroweb, Iron Tail, Quick Attack, and the iconic Thunderbolt. And to quickly round out the Ash saga, we go from his strongest to his most overrated. Top 10 actually. Starting at number 10, we're just going to run through these pretty quick. We're pretty much coming up to time. Number 10 is Swellow, which yeah, we don't really get to see Swellow very much. Number 9, Corefish. I mean, yeah, Corefish, eh, he was okay. Number eight, Melmetal, which odd. Melmetal is a very good Pokemon. Number seven, Bayleaf, which, yeah, I don't think Bayleaf actually got the attention it really deserved. Number six, Buizel, which, I mean, Ash could have probably went without Buizel. Let's be honest. Number five, Levani. Again, he probably could have gone without that Pokemon too. Number four, Gibble. I mean, Gibble in itself, yeah, okay, pretty overrated. Uh, but Garchomp is pretty freaking strong to begin with. Number three is Snivy, which, yeah, Snivy, again, pretty overrated. But its evolved forms make up for that BS at the beginning. Number two is Halucha. Yeah, I mean, Halucha way overrated uh personally i can't stand halucha even though i actually i caught one in the scarlet and violet games because i i wanted it for some reason <laughs> and number one is glasscor which yeah that's an odd pokemon i don't know why ash had that pokemon to begin with um but it's a very odd pokemon to have but with that i say Thank you again for tuning in for yet another week. We are going strong week by week, and I can't appreciate it enough. You guys tune in every week. I see the numbers coming in day after day. I'm so, so thankful. Please keep listening. Um, you know what? I might actually do a giveaway again on the podcast. Um, however, the problem is, there's not a whole lot of a way for me to get a hold of you guys. So, I mean, if you don't have um, Instagram, I can always 
I mean, going forward with the a giveaway, I can leave my email contact below in the description, um, or I can just mention it in the actual podcast itself. Um, you know, reach out to me and in that form to enter giveaways and stuff like that in case you can't get access to Instagram or you don't want to have Instagram. Uh, I know Instagram is my top performing social media platform, um, but I think it's about time that I branch out and allow people to have other ways of getting hold of me. So with that being said, I say good night, literally, because it's like almost 20 after 10. And I will see you again next week. Take care, everyone. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>